Learn from the mistakes of others. You can live long enough to make them all yourself. Eleanor Roosevelt. You're listening to the Real Estate Investor Show, episode number 22. Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co hosts, Liz and Andressa. What if when people asked you what you did for a living, instead of answering, I invest in real estate, you answered with, I facilitate landlord rescues, which is more intriguing? Well, today's guest, Kristen Johnson, has grown her investment portfolio by helping landlords who want out of the business. Kristen's full-time focus is running a fast-growing property management company in New Mexico that she co-founded in 2010. On today's episode, we talk about how to find and identify motivated sellers, how to structure a deal with a tired landlord, and how to ensure you are not raising entitled kids. Hey, everybody. This is Liz back with you on the Real Estate Invest Her Show. I'm with my fantastic co-host, Miss Andressa. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I, I, I actually just got back um, from a, a conference for families. It was called Abundance, And uh, I guess fam and then abundance, you know, kind of play on those words. We, we like to play on words, invest her, you know. <laughs> but it was really neat, actually. And, and I, I was very inspired by going to his 14 families. And wow. what, we, what we did, we, we actually, it was like a kind of like a leadership conference with your family. And it was really, I was really nervous. I was like, okay, I'm going to go with my 14 month old who doesn't even walk yet. She's working on it. And then my son, four and a half years old, who's a complete banshee. So I'm like, to- I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I was like, how's this going to go? But they had babysitters. So, and it was just neat to see my son get into conversation. Like we started talking about like our guiding principles as a family. And he's like, this is boring. I'm like, honey, honey, <laughs> know. you're going to go play because he wanted to go outside. But it was neat to have him around the conversation. I've done personal growth things. My husband has. We've never done it like as a family. As a family. Yeah, it was, a, it was really neat. And we walked away with like four guiding principles of our family and just, you know, how do we want to operate as a family? Like just being intentional about how we operate as a, as a mostly it was exercise. It ended up being me and my husband doing them, but still it, it was neat. And it was like teenagers with other families and I can kind of wow. see in the future. I was like, wow, that's cool. Cause they were like getting up and the teens were sharing and talking about parent. We were talking about parenting. So it was really cool. It was neat. Um, and, and I was like, I got to now put those in my kitchen because I want to, I don't want to forget those. Right. Um, so that's my next to do, but I love that though. I love yeah. that, you know, you guys starting that entrepreneur conversation with the kids early age, we might think that they are not understanding, but the more that they get, you know, around that type of environment, more they get used to the lifestyle that you guys want to provide to him, not the nine to five and the other, you know, uh, lifestyle that doesn't fit your values, your your goals and principles. I love that concept. And and I and I just I would invite invite all the ladies listening to this to keep working on being around like-minded people. And that was the other benefit, right? So you're around all these families who are like talking about trips they want to take yeah. and who they want to be and, you know, decreasing technology and, and great skills on parenting, like just these great people. And that's the other thing is, you know, how do you get around more and more people like you or who you want to be? And uh, it's so important, right? We become who we surround ourselves with. And you always say it on dresses. So just a quick reminder, if, if you don't like who you're around, find new groups. There's some great people out there. You just got to get yourself 
yourself in those right environments. So, amen. Amen. I like that. So we have a, a phenomenal guest on our show, like all of the ladies, but uh, we're super excited to have Kristen Johnson. Welcome. Hello. She's coming. Uh, you're in New Mexico, correct? Right. Yeah. I'm yeah. In the four corners. We're kind of on fire right now, but. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> like literally on fire? Yeah. We've got a lot of fires burning around us right now, but it's still super beautiful and we, we can't complain too much. So. And do they, I would imagine they have like, like teams of people ready to go, right? Because if that happened in New Jersey, they'd probably be scratching their heads, but <laughs> that happens quite a bit in, in your area, right? So they're kind of equipped. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we're just South of Colorado and um, luckily we haven't had too many big fires in the last several years, but um, we're, we're in a stage one, stage two drought right now and there mm. things are taking off. So. Wow. Well, yeah. hope that decreases and, and hopefully that gets better for you. Um, but thank you for being on our show. And, you know, we, we have a lot of, a lot of neat ways we're going to, you know, we want to take this interview, but we, like all of our guests, we'd love to just, you know, have you introduce yourself. But most importantly, when you do that, um, you know, what compelled you to invest in real estate, right? So it, different reasons for, for different people and searching our why is really important. So what for you was really um, important and, and, you know, what, what for you kind of pulled you into this real estate investing? Sure. So um, I, I guess I kind of have a little bit of a unique story. Um, I started out as a real estate paralegal and I worked for a nationwide investment company in San Diego. And that kind of was the beginning of my um, love for real estate. And so uh, when my, my husband and I got married and we got to the point where we thought, oh, it's probably time to start thinking about kids and starting a family and um, I grew up in Northern Arizona. He grew up in New Mexico. And so this was kind of home for us. And uh, we wanted to be closer to our families when we started having kids. So um, he was a helicopter pilot and got kind of his dream job opened up here in Farmington. And so he, he decided that we were going to move from beautiful San Diego and come back to the high desert mountains. So, um, so here we landed and, uh, my sister-in-law was a real estate appraiser and she said, well, what are you going to do when you get here? And I thought, well, I have no idea. I've been a paralegal for the last 12 years and you know, there's, there's a lot of criminal law and things like that here, but that's not at all interesting to me. And so I need to do something in real estate. And um, I knew that I did not love sales and I had overseen property managers as a senior real estate paralegal. Um, so we thought, well, maybe there's a, a good need here for a property management company. And so that's what we decided to do. Um, we started that about six years ago and with the intent of getting to about 150 doors under management and, you know, life would be good and we'd be happy. And, um, turns out there was a much bigger need here than we expected. And we blew up to over 600 doors under management within three years. So, wow. um, definitely a huge need. And that really, for me, opened up, um, kind of an addiction, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> to real estate. So lots of opportunities uh, to invest, um, lots of kind of forced landlords, we refer to them. They're, you know, they had to move away and couldn't sell their house or for whatever reason, they ended up with a piece of property and they didn't know what to do with it and couldn't sell it, or didn't want to sell it. Um, so, so we ended up with lots of opportunity to start investing um, through our investors, really, that kind of wanted to get out of having an investment property. So, um, yeah, it was kind of the the beginning of the addiction. <laughs> there you go. I think he, you, your story is so compelling because there are so many people out there that 
you know, have different backgrounds and, and they have nothing to do with real estate and they just start a new career. So when you look back as a paralegal, what skills you had that you were able to apply in real estate? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of contract writing, um, leases and management agreements and um, the ability to represent our clients in court uh, for evictions and things like that or um, disputes, the ability to write demand letters to avoid court, um, those kinds of things. So a lot of negotiation type skills, a lot of um, conflict resolution type skills really came into play, which which has been phenomenal. And I look at everything for our investors from a liability standpoint, because um, I've done a lot of premise liability type stuff. I, I can look at a lot of things and say, you know, we really need to mitigate um, some, some potential losses here and, you know, take these steps to make sure that we're staying uh, where we need to be. So. That's a great point too, Andressa, the, the transferable skills, right. And, and, and often, especially women, especially is that we, we undersell ourselves, you know, and I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll look at doing something new and, you know, we're, my husband and I are talking about schooling for our kids and that's a whole other discussion another day, but you know, I'm, I'm starting to look at it and go, well, I'm not an educator, but you know, but, but again, when we start to look at doing new things, you have to look inside yourself and say, what skills can I put towards that particular goal that I have right now, you know, and I think that's a great point and great, great. I'm glad you asked that question. Um, yeah, it's good, good insight. So, so you're, you're, you're running your property management. You, you wanted, you wanted to get to 150 doors. You got to 600. So, <laughs> so, so that was, that was huge. I mean, that must've been like, whoa, okay. And then through that journey, I, I, you started buying property, correct? Right. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's our first deal, um, kind of came about, it was, a. Uh, again, a kind of a forced landlord, and he actually had a residential property and a commercial property. Um, and we're heavy oil filled in this area. So um, the guy that he placed was um, basically a roughneck, um, you know, worked out in the oil field. Um, and, and this guy, he was on a, some type of a real estate contract. It wasn't really a, a legitimate one, if you will, but um, some type of real estate contract where he was in the process of buying the property and ultimately just quit making payments. Um, but in the meantime, he had tried renovating the property. Um, and, and by renovating, I mean, it, it was a complete joke. So <laughs> he had ripped out walls and done crazy things to the floor and was just doing all kinds of crazy things in the property. So um, when we got hired to, to come in and basically do, we call them landlord rescues. So we came in to kind of get the guy either paid up or moved out, get the property back into, into good shape and then move forward. Um, and when we got in and the investor realized how much damage had actually been created on the inside of the property, um, tried filing an insurance claim. The insurance company said, you know, this isn't isn't that kind of damage that we would cover. This is somebody botched a remodel. So, um, you know, they were going to be cool if they, they did right. that. That would be awesome. Like, oh, my God. oh man. Yeah. Come check it out here. My, my GC, he made a couple of mistakes there. And <laughs> you just cover it. Yeah. If you can find that insurance company, Andressa, let me know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this, this investor was kind of at his wit's end. Um, and we, he basically said, will you guys just find, you know, find somebody to buy this property or will you buy this property? And it was kind of our first opportunity to say, well, you seem a bit desperate. How much do you owe on the property? 
Um, and so he owed about $75,000. We took over the note. He signed it over, um, you know, signed a deed, special warranty deed. Um, and we, we basically took over payments on the note. So we were out zero dollars. Um, of our personal money. We were out zero of our own credit because he was continuing to carry the note. Um, and we, we put about 15,000 in a remodel into it. Um, and the, the home now appraises at about 125. Um, we've had that property for right out five years and zero days vacant. Um, the mortgage payment on it every month is about, it's just under 500 and we pull rents of a thousand a month. So, um, ca huge cash on cash. Um, you know, it just, it's a phenomenal investment. And so, um, that has kind of been the, the baseline of how we've chose to invest is kind of, um, by not necessarily tying up our own credit. Um, but, but finding people who are in need of being saved from themselves a lot of times, um, and, and helping them out. So, um, yeah. I think that this ties up to um, a point that uh, I'm reading uh, one, million, one Minute Millionaire, and the guy there was talking about uh, motivated sellers. So how they look like. You shouldn't even go see a property. You shouldn't even talk about anything else if the guy is not motivated. Really, really in need not here oh i'm thinking about selling i want to sell it no you want to hear i need to sell this property and then you start a negotiation so your case the person really needed to make a deal right so that's when the creativity comes around and i love to hear all the different ways that a property can be purchased sometimes Especially when you are beginning in real estate, you, you think, oh my gosh, how can I do this? I need to have good credit, um, down payment, 20% down, and go to, you know, how the bank is going to, to finance that to me. And I love to hear those stories where there's tons of ways to purchase. And it's like a win-win situation. You always need to look at the situation. How can I take the burden from this person's shoulder. And at the same time, I have, you know, plans for this and it's just a win-win situation. So is there any other creative way that you guys purchase a property besides the one that you just mentioned that is just like unconventional? Yeah. So, so, you know, we, we definitely do the conventional type purchases as well. So if we okay. see a really good deal on the sales market, you know, we, we very well may buy something conventionally. Um, the other thing that we do is, so we, we have a, obviously a really good investor pool being in the profession that we're in, the company that we own. So um, a lot of times we'll say, you know, people say, I really want to sell my home. Can you sell it for me? Or can you, can you send me to somebody who can? Well, we have kind of the inside eye on what the property makes every month in rents, what it's, you know, the, the management expenses have been the, the overhead type expenses. So repairs and maintenance and all of those types of things. So we can, we can run a market analysis on a property. Um, and we've actually got seven of these offers out right now. So we'll run a market analysis on a property and, you know, say that full market value for round numbers is 150,000. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously we're going to be able to save our, our investors, the 6% real estate commission. The, um, we know that properties in our area has historically sell for about 4% under market. 
Um, and then there's all the closing costs. So you know, on average, 3% to a seller on closing costs. So we'll back all of those out um, and then say, this is what we'll pay you. So it's a win for the, the seller because they have zero days on market. So zero carrying costs. Um, and it's win for us because we're not paying market for a property and we're getting it you know, at a, at a discount, um, more on a wholesale price. So, um, and then a lot of times those investors are, it's the same thing. They, they necessarily don't want to, uh, have a rental property, they, but they want the guaranteed monthly income. So we'll say, Hey, we'll pay you $5,000, sign the deed over. Um, and, and we'll just pay the mortgage for you every month. And we just set up those recurring monthly payments and that that is perfect for them because they just want the security of knowing that they're not going to have to deal with maintenance. They're not going to, you know, have to come out of pocket for a mortgage if it goes vacant, those types of things. So that's a win-win for everybody. Um, we really love doing those types of deals. And these folks, so these landlords or these investors, um, well, I guess they're landlords and investors, right? There's, that's one yeah. and the same. Okay. So these folks have been already been working with you, correct? These are, you know, people that are, are in your kind of, you know, network and they know you like you respect you, correct? Right, exactly. How do you then make the, how do you then find the tired landlords as you call them, like the forced landlords? How do you uncover them? Do you keep in, like, how do you keep in touch with these folks, right? So that, that takes yeah. some maintenance of relationship, out of, especially with 600 doors. Right. Yeah. So we have, we have kind of forum letters for everything. I mean, when you're, when you're managing that volume of properties, you kind of have to systemize everything. So we've got good form letters. When we get a notice to vacate from a tenant, um, it, part of that notification to the owner is, hey, we've got notice from your tenant. Um, the intent is that we're going to continue remarketing the property to find a new tenant. However, if you'd like to sell the property, let us know um, because we can certainly help you with that. Um, we, we also have started very recently offering our owners um, the ability to list internally to our, our internal investors if they, um, so we've kind of put it out to everybody that, hey, if you have a property that you're not necessarily in love with having, let us know. If it's occupied, it's very appealing to an investor. So um, if it's a property that we don't necessarily want ourselves or are not in a position to buy at that exact moment, we will offer it out to our existing investor pool. And, and that way, at least we're keeping a property under management. We're helping our other investors continue to build their portfolios. And we're helping an investor who doesn't want to be a, a landlord get out of the, the game. So that's smart. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I mean, you're, you're creating like a whole community uh, and doing much more than most property management companies. Um, yeah. So not only do you, you're di differentiating yourselves, but you're also being able to position yourselves to kind of reap the benefits of some other issues and, and not to create them, but to, hey, hey, we can do this, we can do that if you need it. I think that's, that's brilliant. You know, the, the, the thought I had when you mentioned that was, you know, how do you especially when things, people are getting evicted, um, there's vacancy, like those are all kind of like red flags for all of us. All of us may not have property management companies to, you know, to your, to your advantage, but we all kind of can keep an eye out for when, um, you know, whether it's friends of ours in the, you know, the real estate communities that we're in, when, when you start to see a landlord starting to complain a lot, can oh, be a flag for you to maybe say, hey, tell me a little bit about that property. So we often, you know, that's off market and you just have to start listening to people. If they're complaining a lot. That might be a great landlord to say, Hey, maybe, you know, tell me a little bit about your portfolio. That's why these RIA groups and these meetups are so helpful because you're with other landlords and, you know, if they're complaining, then those are usually great people to maybe 
you know, yeah. figure out a strategy, the exact strategy that you're mentioning. Um, yeah. That's where they can go versus, you know, you, you know, you have a great strategy as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the other thing that you can look at too is the, the, landlords who are not maintaining their properties or having a hard time maintaining their properties where, um, you know, it's, you call them and you say the water heater just blew up and they're like, Oh, well, can you get me 16 quotes to get that fixed? Because I just can't afford <laughs> it. And you're like, Oh, well, 16 quotes is going to cost you two. <laughs> um, but yeah, certainly those types of, of landlords are, it, that's the lack of willingness to do maintenance is a good indicator that probably they are not fit to be a landlord. So Mm-hmm. Those are good tips. I think that um, you, you mentioned that you had one goal and you ended up over overachieving, right? It's not that it's a bad thing. And I want to touch base on scaling your business. What tools do you guys use and what systems? I'm like a system addict. I love knowing what other people do in order for them to make things easier for the entire team and shaving some, some time. So can you share with us what type of systems you guys use in your business as a whole? Yeah. So we, we have recently become really in love with process straight. Um, and that's been super beneficial for our team because we, a lot of our team members work remotely. Our controller works from home. We've got, um, assistants that answer our phones from their house. Um, our, our property managers have the flexibility of being in the office or working from their house. Um, so having a automatic system in place that would trigger other people to do their part um, automatically is, has been phenomenal for us because even Kristen, if we're not, that? it's called that again? process street. Oh, process street. I thought you said process yeah. tree. I'm like, I'm envisioning a tree, but I got it across <laughs> the street. That's God, so God, funny. I came across them two days ago. Yeah, phenomenal. Literally two days ago, exactly. You can create your, your um, SOPs there and everybody can integrate. I was just like, this is, yeah. this is very good. I need to dig deeper. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal and it works really well. It integrates with Zapier. So it integrates oh. with other um, systems as well. So like for us, if, if we have forms on our website, um, a tenant can go in for an example and fill out a notice to vacate on our website and it would trigger a move out flow in process street for our team. Um, it, you know, a new lead comes in and that triggers a, a new owner onboarding process, um, those types of things. So it's, Process Street has been a phenomenal tool for us. That's great. That's great. Uh oh, and Jess is going to be running with that. I know. It's- <laughs> you know that. It's well worth it. I'm going to be getting a. I'm going to be getting an invitation later today. <laughs> yeah, well, you have a new account, process object. Um, I, I love you, Jess. I appreciate that. Uh, that sounds awesome. You know, it's um, so important to do that in your business, create processes. Um, you know, part of part of what we're doing here at the Invest Her community is obviously giving, you know, our goal is to give great tools and tricks and uh, around real estate investing, right? Obviously, that's kind of the core. But it's also to, you know, to support women. And obviously, that's the goal of our, what we're doing is to support women in this journey. And, you know, uh, women have a lot on their plate. Um, you have two young kids, you know, you have a seven-year-old, you have a five-year-old. Um, I really was, um, I was really impressed to read some of your comments around your business. Okay? You, have a, you have young children, you have a growing business, you have a husband who's very involved in his work. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious how, how you balance it all. And I'd love to hear a little bit of how you incorporate your kids in your business. Because uh, I think that 
you know, it's easy to say, right, you know, to, to incorporate them, but, you know, young kids need specific things to do, right? So if I just bring my son to a property, he's going to be like literally getting into a complete mess if I don't give him some direction or, you know, some, some kind of guidance. So I'd love to explore that with you a little bit as a mom, as a business owner, you know, how do you create that balance? Or maybe you don't create the balance from the perspective of bringing them with you, right, to do different things. So I just would love to explore that with you as a, as a mom and a business owner. Yeah. So, you know, we, we've really based our company and, and everything that we do around our kids and being very family oriented. So um, it's, it's not rare that after, you know, school is out at 3 PM that you're going to see my kids around the office or coming out to check out a property with me. Um, we actually, it, this is a perfect example of how we involve them. Um, we went out to look at a property that we were interested in investing in uh, last week. And um the property was pre foreclosure. So the bank had already come and taken our lockbox off the door um, and put their own on. And we had no keys left in the office to get into the property. So we were trying to figure out, you know, calling the bank, how do we get back in? Where's our lockbox? All of these things. And uh, my son in the meantime was walking around the property. And the next thing I know, he's crawling through a doggy door to get into the inside and unlocking the door for us. And, um, and, and he was super pumped about that. And so he's a five-year-old. And so we get on the inside and my kids are walking through and they're like, mom, this house is junk. Like you're going to have to replace the floor and there's holes in the walls. And they're like, they're giving me advice on how and what this it would look of like <laughs> to remodel this house. And so yeah, they're, they're getting that trained eye on kind of what we look for personally as an investment property and what we look for in a property that we're going to take on for management um, and, and kind of the things that we look at to avoid. And so it's really cool to see a five and a seven-year-old kind of getting an eye for that um, and getting involved really young and, and giving their advice on what they think needs to happen. So. I started a conversation yesterday with uh, another um, investor and we were talking about the kids and we're like, um, not necessarily they need to like real estate or work with real estate, but they, our intention is for them to understand the benefits of cash flow so they can do whatever they want to do. If they want to be, I don't know, tattoo artist, oh, ballet absolutely. dancer, whatever they want to do in life, they have the freedom and the ability to choose to do that if they, they want. But yeah. at the same time, we were like, how can we raise kids that don't feel entitled? Right. Because they do have that cash flow coming in and they say, I'm just going to chill. So it's yeah. just like a, a, always a, a struggle. Uh, do you come across that? Yeah. Thoughts? You know, so, so when, we, when we first got pregnant with our daughter, um, it was obviously prior to owning our, our property management company, we actually were, we owned a full service car wash for a little while. And um, the CPA that we had at the time, we had gone in and asked him, you know, what do you recommend that we set up like a 529 plan or, you know, what do you, what do you think we should do to basically plan for college? And he told us, don't do that. Go out and buy a piece of real estate in an LLC with their name on it. And then you can decide you know, or they can decide if they want to sell the property to pay for college or if they want to live in it or if they want to keep it as a rental and let it cash flow. In the meantime, you've got an asset that you're sitting on that you'll build equity in and hopefully see some, some income out of in the meantime. So 
Um, our, our plan with our kids, we did exactly that. We went out and we bought a piece of real estate. They do not know about it. They are not going to know about it. Um, until the day that they actually graduate from college, because I want them to bust their neck in high school to get scholarships for college um, and, and make sure that, you know, they have some personal responsibility to get themselves through school. When they graduate, that will be their graduation gift is, hey, here's a piece of property for you. Hopefully it spurs, you know, your love for real estate to move forward. And you, again, you can do whatever you want with it. You can sell it, you can live in it, you can keep it as a rental. Um, but it's yours to kind of do as you wish with. So that's our plan with our kids. Um, and I, I kind of think it's pretty cool. So I love that. Yeah, yeah. I love that too. And, and, you know, the other thing that it's a great point on you know, you want to create a, a bigger life for your kids, right? So that's why we're in real estate investing. That's why we're entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. but you have this balance of trying to do it in a way that, you know, kids don't, your kids aren't like just entitled and, and thinking it's just going to come to them and they, they need to work hard. So it's really an interesting dilemma. My husband and I have talked a lot about that too. Um, you know, this weekend might used to give you an example too of what we did. Um, when it, was, when it was effective in some ways, but we had a, a citywide yard sale and my, my son is into super wings, right? So it's a Netflix show. Um, anyway, he said, I want a new super wings toy. And, you know, we looked on Amazon, of course, he thinks things come in the mail. I, I looked on Amazon, it's like $25. <laughs> and I said, um, you're going to need to earn this, you know, you're going to need to earn this. And he said, and we said, we're going to sell some of your old toys. So he didn't first get the concept. He's like, where is my new toy? And he thought yeah. it was going to appear during the yard sale, but that's okay. Um, but we, he sold enough. We ended up making, he ended up making $40. $40. So we, we said, okay, out of this $40, we're going we're to tithe because we, we go to church. We're going to give 10% back to some, our spiritual kind of like, you know, growing. And, or if you want to give it to a charity, whatever works, but 10%. And then you can keep the rest, you know, um, and, and, or save some of it and then spend $25. And, you know, it was really cool. Like, it was our first time of really teaching him, you know, in sales, right? Because he, people would come up and he's like, you need this, right? You want this, right? And he's funny, you know, he's a direct kid. So I'm like, good salesmanship. He's putting things in kids' hands, you know? I'm like, good job. That's smart. <laughs> but, you know, love the, that. the part of it too, though, that we talk about, I was talking to another mom during the yard sale is allowances. And what do you want the kids to earn? And what do you want to give them? And it's this whole, you know, I, I'm, I'm often like, I don't want to make him earn everything everything, like the clothes on his back, that seems a little intense. But I do want to make sure he understands the value of working hard for something. And I said, you may not make the money. And that means you're not going to get the toy. And maybe that was a little tough of me, but I I want to make sure I instill that hard work ethic. You know, I don't want to just give everything to him. That's, but I also want to like, see him happy. So yeah, it's an interesting dilemma for parents, I think, especially parents who are trying to create a bigger life, right? Uh, Well, yeah. And I, I think it's so important that you do that because it, you know, the, the car wash that we owned was full service car wash. And so we ran a staff of about 12 on a consistent basis. Our first year in business, we went through 54 employees Wow! for the, for the sole reason that they like couldn't show up for work on time or they would show up and they had been drinking or, you know, whatever the case was. And I just, I had zero tolerance for it. And so it's, it's like, I told my husband, I said, you know, the work ethic of these kids is driving me crazy and they're not that much younger than I am, but 
when we have kids, they are going to know what it means to work. And so like our kids have chickens and you better believe they go out and they feed and water those chickens and they collect the eggs. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the little things they have to learn responsibility and doing chores and doing those types of things is teaching them the responsibility so that they can be reasonable people as adults and give back to society. So it's, it's crucial that they are not handed everything. Yeah, I, I totally agree. My, my, my son is three years old. So we're still in the process. And looking back yesterday, I I told him, hey, we need to walk Sophie. Sophie is our two-pound Yorkie. Wow. She's so cute. So she's little. And he's like, no, I'm watching a show. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm excuse busy, me. Mom. <laughs> I'm, excuse me. Okay, cat, cat in a hat can't wait. And then um, we, we need to go because she needs to pee. Look at her. She really needs to pee. Look at her eyes, right? And, and he's like, oh, oh, let's go, Sophie. And for the first time, I allow him to just walk her. Not on his own, of course, but I was next to him. And he felt very proud of it. And he's like, mommy, I got it. I was like, oh, that's great. So I want him to say, hey, this is your dog. Your next step, you're going to start picking up her, her poop. Yeah. <laughs> That's the next step. I'm already planning ahead. But I think that preparing the kids and giving them the skills right now for them to start handling things at a young age. I don't really care how big or how small is the responsibility, but giving them the power for them to make the choice if they want, as Liz said, Zaki, if you want this new toy, buddy, you got to sell this. This is how things are. Because I want to make sure my kid at the end of the day, it's not living in my basement and just trying to figure out what his next job will be. I, I want him to have the skills to go out there and really, really make a difference in the world. I, I want to, and it takes time. This is another another thing for a completely new, different podcast. Our but next podcast. It takes time. It, it really does. I was talking to Kristen a little bit before. Sometimes we, we think, did I brush my teeth today? Did I take a shower today? Because our, our commitment to raise, you know, as a family, as a, to raise a, 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 an individual that makes a difference in the community, it takes time. It takes commitment to that. So we are, we are on this journey. We need, we need help. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, so Kristen, you, you have, you've grown your business significantly. You're, you're growing your, your portfolio. You know, what's next? You know, I'm curious because it's, it, it's it, you know, are you going to focus on growing the property management side of your business or are you looking to buy more investments? Are you doing both? Like, I'm just curious to hear a little bit, you know, where you're, where you're headed and what your exit strategies are and everything. Yeah, so at, at this moment, we're, we're doing both. Um, we actually just released kind of our vivid vision to our team last Friday, and um, we're working on growing our management company into three new markets. Um, we're, we're looking to invest personally in those markets, um, and our, our plan is to create about 21 jobs across those three markets, so we're really excited about that. Um, in one of those markets, we're actually in the process of assuming a loan on a property that we've had, had under management for about a year at this point. Um, uh, so that's in Flagstaff. Um, so hopefully we'll have that one in our portfolio, personal portfolio by the end of June. 
Um, and then we're looking at expanding to both Durango and Albuquerque as well. So um, certainly the, the expectation is a lot of growth on the management side. Um, in our local market here in Farmington, there's, a, there's been kind of a shift with oil and gas changing over the last several years. And um, it's, it's really a buyer's market here right now. And um, we're seeing a lot of forced landlords wanting to get out of the market, which is a really great opportunity for us personally. So we're looking at the, the hope is to pick up between 15 and 20 new properties in our personal portfolio here in the next six months. Um, just, just through our attrition of our management portfolio. So um, that's kind of where we're headed and, and the goal more long-term, if you will, in the next five years or so would be to hopefully change out some of the single family stuff and start um, rolling those over into some larger multiplex type units. So I love what you mentioned about sharing your vivid vision with, with your team. And, and again, another book that I was reading, I don't know. I read several books at the same time. I don't know if that's normal or if that's weird, but I just feel like I need, I need some different things going on at the same time. So one of the books that I was reading was talking about sharing your vision with your team so everybody kind of understand and not sharing that vision with them. They might have a completely different vision for you, for your business, and they go – in a completely different direction. Right. So how, how do you usually share your vision with your team? Is that a annual meeting, uh, like a six month meeting? How do you translate where you guys going? So it's everybody on the same boat. Yeah. So we're, we're actually doing something a little bit different for the first time this year. Historically, it had been, you know, at the beginning of January every year, we would all kind of go around the room and share what our goals were and kind of what the plan was for the next 12 months, um, personally and for the company. Um, this year, I, I, had, I just got done going through the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Program. Um, I graduated from that in May. Um, right before that, I had just read The Miracle Morning, which probably between The Miracle Morning and Traction is where you heard about Vivid Vision. And they both kind of talk about that. So we had been working in January on developing this three to five year vivid vision plan um, and going through the Goldman Sachs program really helped me define what our growth plan was and what that strategy looked like and do the forecasting and all of those things. So it was a really in-depth um, process. So the, the plan moving forward is that we've shared with them at this point what you know, where the ship is going for the next five years and what the end game kind of looks like. And we're basically working our way back. So what do we need to do annually to reach that goal? What do we need to do quarterly to meet that, that annual goal? And what do we need to do monthly to meet the quarterly goal, weekly to meet the monthly, and then daily, obviously, to meet the week, weekly. So um, really working with our team and, and working backwards to see what each and every single one of us needs to be doing on a daily basis to accomplish each of the longer term goals. Um, and going through that process was really enlightening because what my husband and I had in our head as the vision for the company, um, when, when our staff kind of told us what their vivid vision was for the company, it, it was like, wow, maybe we're not thinking big enough. Maybe our, our team has a, you know, more ambition to get there. Um, and the excitement around it is just phenomenal. So we're keeping each other accountable on a monthly basis during team meetings. Um, what did you do this month to create value? 
um, on our weekly meetings, you know, what did you do this week to reduce expenses, increase revenue, you know, create, create value for the company. Um, so it's really, it, it's got everybody pumped up and we all kind of know where we're going and how we're going to get there. And, you know, we're going to have to dodge and we're going to dodge together and um, it's going to be really good. So that's I love great. that. I love that. The, you know, there was a lot of a really great insight you just shared, but I think the, the piece that, you know, we can pull, one of the things you sh- said that was so helpful is that when you have a team, you really want to get them focused on results versus the tasks that they're doing. Like I'm in charge right. of tenants versus you, how are you adding value, right? How are you exactly. reducing expenses? How are you increasing profits? Like that's such a, what a great conversation and, and context to have with your staff versus, yeah. you know, calling tenants back, right? Because that could be very tasky. It could be very frustrating, especially when you get right. those frustrated and annoyed tenants. So that's great. That's a, that's a great, um, and we're actually reading Traction. Uh, Andressa and I are part of a mastermind. So that's yeah. the book we're reading right now. So it's oh, a great book. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited even more now, you know? Yeah. And I think that it's kind of like a shift of concept that you just made it right now. I always thought I need to work on my business, but I, this way that you were presenting, you were kind of asking them to work on the business too, by asking, okay, what are, what are you adding value or how you're reducing costs right. and not focusing on the task. It's, it's a great way for them to contribute on uh, working on the business itself. That's, that's Yeah. And, you know, we kind of have the philosophy with our team that it's, it's all of our business. None of us would be here without the person sitting next to us and we want them to have ownership in everything that they do. So are you truly providing value for your client? Yes or no. If the answer is no, what do you need to do to change that? Because at the end of the day, if you're not providing value for your client, you're not providing value for the company. Um, so it really is, it, this is your business. It's all of our business. It's not just mine and my husband's, it's all of us. So beautiful. Yeah, that's great. Kristen, you have um, some great things to share with our, our listeners. I know in terms of property management and where can people learn more about all the phenomenal things you're up to? Yeah. So um, online, there's our website's pretty extensive. The website is www.icpmrentsmart. And that's Independence Capital Property Management um, is what the ICPM stands for. Um, and, and you can call me directly as well. My direct line is 505-436-3687. And uh, my email address is Kristen, which is K-R-I-S-T-I-N at icpmrentsmart.com. Awesome. And you mentioned um, uh, like, a, like a free gift or uh, like a, you know, something to, to share with the, the ladies as well. Yeah, absolutely. So if, if anybody is interested in investing in our area or has an investment property in our area or one of our markets um, that you're looking to have professionally managed, we would offer a free setup fee um, or waiver, waiver of the setup fee. Um, Kristen, so, what were those areas again? Um, so that's Farmington, New Mexico, Flagstaff, Arizona, Durango, Colorado, and Albuquerque, New Mexico. Awesome. That's great. So for all of you listening, all those great information, you can find it on on the show notes. So you don't need to run and get a pan, take your time and just click on the show notes and you have all the links there at your fingertips. Now we're going to, we're going to go to our fabulous three questions. Um, 
Are you ready, Kristen? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> so the first one is, what's the most transformational book you have ever read? Oh, I, I'm going to probably go back to the Miracle Morning for Entrepreneurs um, and or Traction, um, just because both of them have really impacted how our company and, and personally we're going to move forward. So, Love them. Yeah. The second one is, what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Um, get up every day and be intentional with what I'm doing. Um, and I, I work hard um, until three o'clock and then I, I go and I pick up my kids from school and I shut it off. And you know, we have family dinners together. We play together. We, we have a lot of fun. Um, they get involved in the real estate side of things, which is really awesome. Um, and then if there's things that I need to pick up, it's done after they go to bed. So oh, there we go. And the last question is, which woman, famous or non, has inspired you the most? Ah, so I worked for a phenomenal woman uh, in San Diego, and um, she was one of the siblings at the investment company that I worked for. And her, I worked really closely with her on um, developing and designing a boutique hotel in downtown San Diego in Gaslamp. Um, her name's Louise Kelly, and uh, she, she probably has had one of the biggest impacts on my life just because she's such a powerful businesswoman, but she, she does it all so gracefully. So beautiful. Mm. That's really awesome. Yeah. Kristen, thank you so much for being on our, our show and sharing such great insight and, and uh, everything from, you know, buying, buying property with very, very little money to how to parent your kids. So, so thank yeah. you. Thank you for being here with us and thanks for all your insight. Oh, Thank absolutely. you so much. My, great, my greatest pleasure. Thank you so much. That was great. Thank you, Kristen. Absolutely. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.